Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Welcome back to a really important episode of Ghost of a Podcast, because this week encompasses the end of 2019 and the beginning of 2020. So happy new year, loves. This week, I got a question from The Floor is Lava, and they say, how do you manifest the life you want when your mental health is suffering? I deal with patterns of depression and anxiety, admittedly more than I was ever consciously aware of until recently. I find myself in the space of feeling blocked creatively, and I've been for quite some time. This directly affects my professional success, which in turn affects my personal relationships. Feelings and thoughts of not being enough or doubting my visions and ability to manifest the life that I want or even to pinpoint the what and how is seemingly daunting. It's now Capricorn season and I'm feeling the pressure, pressure to have a plan and to go with it, pressure to succeed. But how, when mentally I feel like alphabet soup, any guidance on this would be so helpful, signed, the floor is lava. And lava was born on October 2nd, 1990 at 6.25 p.m. in Salem, Massachusetts. So there's a lot to say to you, Lava, but before I do, I want to acknowledge that I have been getting a lot of questions that are similar to this in that so many of you are reading about astrology and seeing some pretty scary stuff about what's coming up in January and what's coming up uh, in 2020, and others of you are reading the news and seeing some scary stuff and feeling disempowered or overwhelmed and having a hard time knowing how to manage your energy and how to make choices that are sustainable and that allow you to get ahead. And I want to just acknowledge that there is a lot of fear in the morphic field. And when I say the morphic field, what I mean is in the collective and in the collective globally, not just in the city you're living in or the country you live in. When there is, you know, millions of people feeling similar feelings all at once, it intensifies those feelings, it makes things kind of harder and worse. Many of you listening to this will not be resonating with this and will not, you know, be like, eh, I'm not really having a hard time in that way. And that is fantastic. Don't create it in your mind. But there are many of us that are going through it right now. And I want to just say that when there is something in the collective and you're resonating with it and it's fear-based, what you can do is align yourself with the fact that you are not alone. And that is, you know, separate from me answering your question, Lava. But it's really about being able to acknowledge that you are not alone in what you're going through. And that means there is a bigger picture at play that is not yours alone to figure out. So what that looks like is being able to tap into public resources, whether that's like blog posts or podcasts like this one, or it's about reaching out to friends and seeing if they're feeling a similar way and not getting trapped in the state of commiserating, but actually asking people, what are the small things you do for self-care that actually work for you? And you'll find at least half of them aren't going to be resonant for you. They're not going to be especially supportive or useful to you, but maybe one or two of them will be. And that is one or two more pro tips than you had before. So it's absolutely worth trying. Now, all of that said, there's so much for me to tell you, my dear friend, Lava. And one of the things is that you've been going through your Saturn return all throughout 2019. 
And your particular Saturn return is happening not only in the sign of Capricorn, but in the house of Capricorn, in the 10th house. And so it has really been a rough year for you where you have been feeling like you're not making progress in the way that you want to be or you quote should be. And the thing about Saturn is Saturn governs depression. And it governs a feeling of, I'm supposed to be advancing in my life, and I don't know what that means, and I don't know if it brings me any kind of joy. Saturn gets into all of that. And so there's good news and bad news in that. The good news is your Saturn return is just about over. In 2020, you will no longer be going through your Saturn return. That means that there will be a loosening of this feeling of internal and external pressure that you've been feeling. That will not necessarily quickly change how you feel or what you do in your life, but it will loosen up. It'll loosen up. And this gets us to a really important part of your question. When you are mentally suffering or emotionally suffering, it is really hard to manifest. And when you mention manifestation, you know, I'm not perfectly sure what you mean because I have an idea of what manifestation means. And I think different people use that word or that term in different ways. But on kind of more of a muggle level, manifesting is just being really clear about what you want. And on more of a spiritual level, it's about getting yourself spiritually, emotionally, and mentally aligned with one vision of what you want and bringing yourself back to that vision over and over and over again so that you can come to a state of believing in that vision. Being able to believe in that vision is to be able to emotionally resonate with your idea. That's what manifestation is on more of a woo level. And what you're really accurately doing is you're pointing out that when your mind and your heart is struggling and in a state of anxiety or in a depressive state, it's really hard to align with a positive vision. It's really hard to have any kind of hope. And in order to manifest positive outcomes or positive journeys, journeys that aren't especially painful and that give you the outcomes that you want, the truth is you do need to be able to align with something positive, right? You need to be able to actually be present with those ideas, which is kind of antithetical to super anxious or depressive vibes, right? So there's a lot of parts to your question, but this part really feels important to me because I think that a lot of people are going through what you're going through. And certainly everyone who is in their Saturn return now, yesterday or tomorrow is likely to have a really hard time with manifesting. And that, my dears, is because when you are going through Saturn transits is not when you are meant to manifest. There is, as they say, a season for everything. And Saturn is winter. Literally, Capricorn season happens in the winter, unless you're in Australia or New Zealand. Good day, mate. But the reality is Saturn season is a time for things being cut back. It's a time for pruning. It's not a time for manifesting. And so what that looks like is being able to use astrology to acknowledge, okay, I'm in my Saturn return or I'm going through some other Saturn transit. And for you in 2019, you've actually been going through, yes, your Saturn return, but also Saturn has been forming a square to your natal Pluto, which has been impacting your personal relationships. Earlier in the year, it was squaring your ascendant, which would impact your sense of identity. It has also been conjoined to Neptune. So you've been going through your Saturn return plus, plus, plus. Not super fun. Not super chill. And 
what this really boils down to is an intensity of depressive feelings because you're putting pressure on yourself to be something or somewhere that you feel like you're not. What Saturn wants you to do is to be present with where you are and with as much humility and empathy as you can, kindness and compassion as you can, to own where you're at and the role that you've played in getting here. Whether that role was behavioral or in a way where you were proactively creating things, or it was behavioral in you you let things happen to you, or you consented in dynamics that now looking back, you recognize didn't get you what you wanted, right? It's about being able to own that stuff, not with guilt, not with self-condemnation, but just so that you can be present with it. And that's when you start to cut back. You cut back the activities, the relationships, the attitudes, the habits that don't serve you. Now, this might sound completely antithetical to manifesting new things. And on one level, it is because it's not about calling in. It's about cutting back. However, this is an essential step. And it's a step that we all must take at various times in our lives. We can't just have growth, 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 growth. That doesn't work, actually. Everything needs to be cut back some time so that we have some sort of curation to the growth in our lives. And that allows us to change. That allows us to expand in certain directions. It allows us to compensate for changes that have nothing to do with us, changes in the people around us, in the time you live in, in the needs of your body or your mental health or whatever. And so, my dear, what this looks like is being able to make your life more manageable by aligning your focus and your actions with what actually brings you value. Some of the things that bring you value when you refer to your career might be things that actually don't bring you a lot of joy, but they bring you value because you need work in order to, you know, pay bills <laughs> uh, and you need your work environment when you, when you show up to not be dramatic or terrible. So you need to consider the needs of your colleagues and the people that your work impacts, right? Like common sense, stuff like that. So there's some things in life that we have to do that don't bring us joy, but we choose, we consent to because they bring us other things. And life isn't just joy. I don't mean to freak you out with real talks, but life generally isn't just joy. And I say that not to be a downer, but because we're talking about, we're talking about Capricorn season. We're talking about Saturn. This is not joyless. It is not without its positive potential. And also, it is a time for cutting back and for dealing with reality. And it's okay to deal with reality. It's okay to acknowledge that one of your realities, Lava, is that your mental health sometimes suffers. And maybe it suffers frequently, and sometimes it suffers in a way that is debilitating. In accepting that, you can start to develop habits, behaviors, attitudes. You can start cultivating support from other people or resources that actually enable you to be as healthy as possible in this situation. So when you ask me about how, like how do you figure out what you need? How do you call those things into your life? The answer is to start where you're at. And that might mean starting small. A good place to start is set the intention to be kind to myself when I feel anxious or depressed not indulgent to myself, not enable myself to have like, you know, unhealthy kind of sidebar behaviors, but like, can I really be kind to myself around my anxiety? 
And what might that look like? It might look like, you know, listening to a 90-second meditation, free meditation somewhere on your headphones in the bathroom at work. Maybe that is a kindness you you can give yourself. Uh, maybe it means walking to work instead of driving or parking further away from work so that you get more physical action in your body on your way to work. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's watching comedy several times a day so that you crack a smile. Maybe it's not that deep, or maybe you need to start going to therapy and like talking to someone about a lot of the things that you're realizing and struggling against. But can you make the choice to be kind to yourself, to add in supports to yourself or for yourself when you feel bad? Because that is the first step to getting to a place where you can then try to manifest, aka call into your life, a willingness to receive support, the willingness to feel better. Now, you might be thinking when I say this, of course, I want to feel better. I don't need help wanting to feel better. But let me clarify something for you, my friends. Desiring the absence of pain, desiring the absence of problems is not equal to desiring happiness and desiring abundance and believing that you can have those things and that you deserve those things. Desiring the absence of trauma or ill health is not the same as believing that you deserve a life without trauma or really believing that you deserve a healthy body and that you want to treat your body as someone that you love. Ideally, you're going to have both, you know, you're going to have the desire to not have pain and also the desire to have abundance. Hopefully you'll have all of it, but you want to start small and you want to start being able to notice if you do have both. That brings me to another part of your question, which is you want to pinpoint the how and the what and have a plan and go with it, right? So the plan needs to start spiritual psychological, emotional, whatever, wherever, no, it doesn't matter how witchy or woo-woo you are. If, if it needs to start psychological, that's great. If it needs to start emotional, that's wonderful. And if you want to go woo, there's a million directions to go with that as well. But what you want to do is start really small. And you want to start with cultivating the willingness to be in a receptive mode where flow can actually enter into your life. There's this amazing writer and inspirational speaker and thinker uh, named Sonia Renee Taylor. And she said something about a week ago on her Instagram feed that really, really stuck with me. And it's, it's going to be my 2020 inspirational idea, which is collude with possibility. What happens when we're in a state of depression or anxiety is that we start resonating with everything being impossible. I'll never feel better. I'm not open to things going well. So we start blocking the flow of positive in our lives. And we all do it. What I typically call it, if you've ever taken a class with me around manifestation, is the stage of no. It's when everything feels like a no. I can't figure this out. I won't figure this out. There's something wrong with me. And that's why it's not happening. And what we want to be able to do is look at the ways that your thoughts reflexively go towards a collusion with impossibility and see if you can catch it, if you can become aware of it. And then from there, collude with possibility, collude with the potential that you could figure it out. You might actually be directly around the corner from figuring it out. And that, my dear, brings me to the good news, 
which is that in 2020, you've got two gorgeous transits happening. You've got a Uranus trying to your midheaven and Pluto trying to Mercury. These transits are both wonderful for figuring out what you want to do with your life, making better connections, more meaningful connections with your friends and colleagues, and being able to embody and act upon the changes that you want to see in your professional life and in your personal life. It can represent a time where you 2.0 your self-care game because in your birth chart, Mercury is in the house of health and work. And so you might actually figure out what kind of habits you need to change to support your mental health. That might look like, I don't know, pulling sugar out of your diet, looking at your relationship to alcohol. That might look like developing really simple corrections that actually support you and make your life a lot easier to live. The big picture that I want to just align you with is 2019 was rough on you. And in 2020, you're going to be able to potentially put into motion the things that you've learned about yourself, others, and the world around you. Now, none of this happens by magic, right? Basically, what our transits describe for us is the weather conditions we're living in, essentially, right? So your Saturn return is some pretty long, dark days. Uh, that's just what it feels like for most of us. Not all of us, but certainly most of us. And what I'm telling you is that the weather is going to change soon, really soon, which is why you're probably feeling like hot garbage right about now because you're, you're real close to the end of this. And that means that you're feeling impatient and sick of it, more impatient and sick of it than you've been in a while. And maybe that's what you need to mobilize yourself to start shifting how you approach what you're doing. And when I say what you're doing, I don't mean in the world. I mean in your relationship to yourself in regards to self-acceptance, in regards to approaching things in a way that is self-appropriate and sustainable. But you're right, you're right on you're right on time, my dear. You're right on time. The floor, I am happy to say, is not made of lava. One last thing that I want to say is Saturn in Capricorn, which you have, but also you have Saturn in the 10th house. So Either of these things, let alone both of them, can give you lessons to learn about the value you place on external accomplishments, career accomplishments. In 2019, you have been shown that professional success is kind of a fickle lover, isn't it? If you decide that your value is intrinsically connected to work, to career, to other people seeing you in a particular way or to having a certain kind of external success then you're kind of giving away your power. Because the reality is, whether we're talking about money or working in a company or being self-employed, our professional success is not just about our efforts. It's also about society and the economy. It's about a lot of things that actually are not exclusively to do with us. They're about a lot of things that are outside of our control. And so I want to just remind you that your relationship to yourself making choices that are sustainable. And when I say sustainable, I mean that you can remain who you are, that you can remain whole and who you are, even if the road gets bumpy. That right there will help you have a life that you are happy to grow into. I hope that you can be patient with yourself and that you have a really beautiful new year full of intention, patience, and kindness. 
You know that astrology for real relationships, understanding you, me, and how we all get along drops on December 31st. But what you may not know is that I'm taking it on the road. That's right, kittens. I'm going to be in LA on January 8th, and I'm going to teach an astrology class and sign books at the wing. If you're not a member, don't worry. You can get tickets on my website. And then if you're in Portland, Oregon, I'm going to be at Powell's Books on January 14th, the iconic Powell's Books. I hope you will come get your book signed and give me a squeeze. I'm probably going to be stopping off in Seattle, so stay tuned for that. More events to come. It's a new year. It's weird. Let's talk astrology of the week of December 29th, 2019 to January 4th, 20 freaking 20. I don't know. 2020 feels like a big deal. It feels sci-fi to me a little bit. Here we go. So we're going to look at the astrology of the new year. I just want to acknowledge before I do that I am getting a lot of questions from you guys expressing fear and concern over the great Saturn-Pluto conjunction in Capricorn that is happening on January 12th. That's actually kind of reasonable if you Google it, if you look it up. If you talk to uh, an astrologer who studies these kinds of things, it is not a chill event astrologically. There are things to be concerned about. But I will say that fear is not a especially useful emotion when it comes to astrology. Understanding trends and the potential impact of upcoming transits, whether it's in your personal birth chart or when we're looking at kind of societal or political shifts. When we are looking at those things and we respond with fear, what happens is we then go into our psychological, emotional, and spiritual coping tools, which deeply impact our bodies, not everyone's body, but for a lot of us, emotions get kind of pushed into the body. And when we have a fear response that triggers a survival mechanism and triggers our stresses and our coping tools, we're no longer present with what actually needs attention. Whether you are reading the news or you are using history as your guide or you're using astrology as your guide, there are certainly many things to be deeply concerned about at this time. And there are even reasons to be really frightened. There are also reasons to be hopeful. Now, I am not the most hopeful of all the people in the world. That's just not my move. But I do like to convert things in a really constructive lens whenever possible. Because the truth is, if something bad is going to come, there is no value in stressing out about it in advance because it doesn't actually help <laughs> you to cope with it when it comes. And if it doesn't come, then you've wasted a lot of damn energy. I also feel like if there is potentially something negative coming around the corner tomorrow or next month, then a good question to ask yourself is, is there something that I can do? Is there a way that I can have a positive impact on this potentially negative thing? And if the answer is no, okay, then, you know, you deal with it psychologically and emotionally alone. However, if the answer is yes, if there is one small, one medium-sized, or one big thing, or many things that you can do to potentially mitigate harm or promote the best possible outcomes, that is fantastic. And that is what I want to encourage you to prioritize. And so if you find that reading the news or learning about the astrology of 2020 or certainly of January 2020 is creating more fear than you can handle in a constructive way, then I would say unto you, my loves, 
maybe revisit the strategy of how you are consuming astrology or how you are consuming news. But I want to say that inactivity or ignorance is not self-care. Inactivity or ignorance is a choice, and it is a choice. Sometimes it's the best choice you can make. That's true. But I want to challenge you if that is the most consistent choice you're making to really consider whether or not that is sustainable or even kind to yourself and others. And trust me when I say that me wanting to talk about this is really informed by the astrology of all of these planets in the sign of Capricorn. It's uh, inspired by all of the astrology of 2020. When astrologers look forward at social and political conditions or personal conditions, we can make predictions. That's kind of one of the, you know, interesting, fun, exciting parts about astrology. But the question has to be whether you're working with astrology or tarot or psychic stuff or whatever kind of witchy-woo you work with, what is the value of prediction? Is it more valuable to predict what's going to come next or is it more valuable to investigate where can you be the most impactful? Where are you being challenged or triggered? And how can you best respond and rise to the occasion? These are the questions that I like to focus on because they are more constructive. They're ultimately more empowering and useful. So I'm just sharing that perspective with you because we have entered into an increasingly meaningful time. And 2019 was a very meaningful time. You know, arguably all time is meaningful, but I really want to encourage you to be mindful about what challenges you take on and which ones you evade and the wisdom around whatever choices you're making. This is not so that you can be perfect. It's not so that you can single-handedly change the world. It's so that you can stay in an honest dialogue with yourself about what your best is uh, and whether or not you are embarking on doing your best. When we look at your personal life, when we look at your relationship to the climate crisis, when we look at your relationship to humanitarian crises or just so many other things that are happening in the world, it's important that you remember that there are certain things you can do and there are certain things that you cannot do and that everything is interconnected. Everything is interconnected. So all of that said, let's look at the week of December 29th through January 4th. We are transitioning into a new year. I know I've already told you guys about this, but I'll say it again. On New Year's Eve, December 31st, 2019 at 3 p.m. Pacific, that's California time, I am doing a webinar. I think it's going to be really intimate and tender and I'm going for some magic, actually. And I'm going to talk a bit about closing out the year with intention and the astrology of 2020, and then spend hopefully about an hour answering as many of your questions as I can get to. Because, you know, on the podcast, there's only so many questions I can get to. So hopefully I will be able to give you lots of readings. I will, of course, not be able to read full birth charts. So come prepared with questions that don't require me to look at a whole birth chart. My loves, if you want to sign up, the link is in my show notes. You can just go to my website at lovelaniato.com. So I hope you'll join me there. And if you can't join me, that's cool. I hope you have an amazing New Year's Eve, whatever that means for you. And be safe, you know, be safe. Okay, on December 30th, 2019, Mercury is forming a trine to the planet Uranus. Now, Mercury trine to Uranus is great for making connections. So Mercury, as you know, is the planet of friendship. 
It's the planet of your mind, your attitudes. Um, it is communication. It is texting. It is talking. It is thinking. It is just moving through things. And Uranus is inventive. Uranus is about freedom and humanitarianism. And it is really exciting to have these two planets forming a harmonious trime on the one of the last days of the year because it's great for clarifying your intention or your re resolutions if you mess with those kinds of things. So for you, my loves, my hope is that you channel this energy, which will be felt on the 31st as well as on the 30th. It's just exact on the 30th. You channel this energy into being really intentional, looking back at the year behind us at 2019 with kind of fresh eyes, being open to seeing things differently from this new perspective that you're standing at. Because the thing about time is time makes all things that we experienced in the past look different. And they make them look different because we are we are ourselves different. We have changed. Time changes us. Even if we stay stuck in inactivity, that stuckness eventually changes us, right? So Mercury trying to Uranus is excellent, not typically for looking back. It's more of a looking forward transit, but because of where we're at this momentous end of a year, end of a decade, I encourage you to look back and then to bear that with in a very different moment. So like in a very different breath, looking forward, what are your intentions for next year? And I don't mean in a resolution way. I mean, what is the person that you want to be? Not what are the things you want to get or have? But what are the guiding principles that you want to align yourself with? Really think about it. Allow yourself to think about it. Don't let it get too complicated. Keep it nice and simple so you can remember it moving forward into 2020. If you've been feeling lonely or if you've been feeling disconnected from people, it's just a great time to connect. Text a friend. I say text a friend. Why not? Put yourself out there. It's a great time for doing it. And it's a time when other people are going to be more open to hearing from people. So it's just a kind of social, lovely transit if you want to use it that way. New Year's Eve occurs. And honestly, the astrology on that day, nothing major is happening astrologically. There's no exact hits. My book does drop on December 31st, 2019. That's exciting. It's not astrological. I mean, the book is astrological, but it is not an astrological event per se. Anywho, you know, hopefully you've already bought my book. And if not, it's a great time to go out and do it. That brings us to January 2nd, 2020, the first transit of the year. And on this day, Mercury is forming a conjunction to Jupiter in the sign of Capricorn. And this is similar to the Mercury trying to Uranus, a really great Mercury transit. Mercury conjunction to Jupiter is excellent for looking forward, for having kind of a largesse of perspective, being able to see the big picture and look forward uh, without getting kind of caught up in habits or kind of the things of the past that have been messing up your head. This is an excellent time not for organizing details, not for sorting through ideas, but for visioning big picture. So if the energy wasn't there, you couldn't find time to do resolutions or intentions for 2020, you know, the second or the first is a great time to do it. So again, the transit will be exact on the second, but you will be feeling it the first, second, third. So go ahead and use that energy on the second to get really practical, really clear about what you want. It's also an excellent transit for connecting with friends. Now, Mercury is not on its own, especially sexy or romantic. So this is good for the platonic side of connecting with people. 
if there is a way that you have been uh, locking horns with someone around ideas, this is actually not a great transit because Jupiter can kind of put us on a soapbox. It can make us way too attached to our beliefs and make us think that our way is the only way. Our right is the only right. And this can become a really conflictual issue. This can become a really conflictual energy if it's not handled with some measure of humility and intention. Luckily, because Capricorn's involved, humility and intention is possible. Unluckily, because Capricorn is involved, people can get really pedantic and judgmental. You know, that's Jupiter is judgy, Capricorn is judgy, and Mercury is just damn subjective. And so, you know, you can be right. Being right is awesome. I love to be right. However, what's more important, being right or advancing your life forward, advancing your relationships, advancing yourself? If you are engaged or enmeshed in dynamics that you know reflect old patterns that you don't want to participate in, it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. All that matters is that you change the way you engage. You're not letting other people get away with things when you choose not to engage with them if you know that engaging with them is unhealthy. All you're doing is honoring your soul. Finally, on the 3rd of January, Mars moves into the sign of Sagittarius from the sign of Scorpio. So this is energizing. Mars and Sag is great for getting things done. The thing I really like about this first week in January is that it's energizing. It's mobilizing. It's a great time to move things forward. And you can apply this in a really personal way. You can apply this in a really social, socially minded way. But either way, Mars and Sagittarius is forward-thinking, energizing, and can be a little abrupt. And so you want to watch out and make sure that you don't force yourself on people or situations unintentionally when you're just trying to help or be inspiring. And what this requires is that you listen. And that's the thing that you often hear me talk about when we're talking about Mercury, and now I'm talking about it in the context of Mars. It's that communication isn't just about saying it right. It's about listening. It's about listening to what people are saying and listening to what they're not saying. When you're interacting with a person IRL, it's about making eye contact, noticing what's happening in their body language. That is a huge part of communication. And it's a part of communication that we're increasingly losing as we communicate more and more through voice notes and texts and DMs and all that kind of crap or even like filtered photos, right? So what I want to encourage you to do as much as possible is pay attention to all levels of communication this week. The listening, the feeling, the talking, uh, the timing, all of it. And that'll really help you to kick off 2020 with intention. And that's what it's all about, you know? We can't control what's going to happen next. We can't. I would love to trust, but it's just not one of our options. We can't be perfect, but we can bring intention and kindness and integrity to the way in which we approach things. And when we fuck up, because we will all fuck up, we will all make mistakes. We will all realize that some belief or attitude that we held and we believed was perfectly right was totally not right. We will all grow and we will all fail and we will all try and we will all be lazy or disassociated and not try. It's just part of being a person. And so it's about being kind. And when we find that we've made a mistake, trying to hold that mistake with humility and holding space for 
not performing our lives or performing our apologies or performing our humility, but actually feeling the feelings of it, embodying it. That's tricky, isn't it? Because we have this real compulsion these days to put things in public right away. You can do that. If that's your process, that's cool. But you really don't have to do that. That's not necessary. And for many people, it can actually be a conflict. It can actually be a conflict for staying embodied and focused on what is true and real for you in your process at this time. My loves, I thank you so much for joining me for another week of Ghost of a Podcast. I hope you're surviving the holiday season as well as possible. And I hope that you are taking good care of yourselves and others. As always, I ask that you review this podcast if you listen to the podcast on a platform where you can review it, subscribe, all that kind of good stuff. If you haven't already, you can read your January monthly horoscope on my website at lovelaniato.com. You can send in your questions to me for the podcast, which I hope you do at ghostofapodcast.com. You can send me questions all about yourself, which is, of course, my joy, and I want to hear. And then also, if you want to ask me questions about me, you can just send me a question with the title, Jessica, because I've been thinking about doing an episode in which I answer your questions that are about moi. Okay, so one last quick thing. My book came out on December 31st, which means start off the new year with Astrology for Real Relationships. You can get the calendar the free PDF astrological calendar up until January 31st with proof of purchase. The links to all this stuff is in the show notes of the podcast. Just go find it there. And you know, from me and everyone else at Ghost of a Podcast Industries, which is mainly my cat, Panda Elizabeth Henry, I want to say thank you. Thank you for spending another year with me. Thank you for showing up and keep on showing up. Every year they say the end is near. Still here.